Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at right now, tuning into your boy. Y'all already know what it is. It's a Camper Chronicle production. It's your boy D Wood, and this is the Bringing the Wood podcast. And that's what I do here bring you the latest sports news from hoop to NFL to NCAA. And I told you we're going to get more and more into the other sports as, it, as we get it on, and I get guests coming on to the show. But I'm thankful for y'all who coming in and tuning in on this beautiful Fuck Work Friday. Y'all already know what it is. This is my work. Even though I'm at work, I'm doing the least amount of work as possible. That's what I call a good Fuck Work Friday. When you go to work, still get paid, but you don't do that much work. And then if you're really feeling it, you just don't go to work at all. But happy Fuck Work Friday to everybody. But uh, today going to be a good episode, man. Uh, we Football is in full effect. We had games. Um, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the games last week, more so just our teams. Y'all know who our is when I say our teams, our Titans fans out there, our Raider fans out there, Niner fans. I'll definitely talk about uh, our games. I talked about Titans game already because we played on Thursday, but I'll be able to talk about the Raiders and the Vikings and Niners Packers games, which were some great games and had some uh, standout players on both sides that I'll get into a little bit later. Obviously, we'll talk about some upcoming games this week. We have already had a game play yesterday with the Bears and the Seahawks. We'll touch on all these bases of things. The Deshaun Watson suspension um, being upgraded to 11 games. Um, we'll get into all of that. Jimmy G, uh, you know, trade talks picking back up. You know, we're going we gonna to touch all those bases, which I know we're going to start with who. And um, we're better to start than with the King, man. That man, Brian, inked a two-year extension with the Lakers for $97 million. That'll... Um, you know, let him rock with the Lakers for another two seasons. Everybody already know Brian wants to play with Bronny. Um, that's his, uh, you know, that's the end goal, and he's already made it plain. So, you know, this two-year deal will lead through Bronny's senior year and his one year in college or one year in the G League, whatever he, yeah, the G League, whatever he prefers to do. And then uh, whatever team signs or drafts Bronny, as a prize, you get LeBron James. We don't know what LeBron James is going to look like in two years, you know, because we all know Father Time is undefeated. So, it's, you know, he could he could still be good, he could be bad, or he could be right in between. But either way it go, you get a chance to basically get LeBron on his farewell tour, which going to also sell you tickets, you know what I'm saying? So you get LeBron on the farewell tour with Bronny, no, no matter the city, whoever get Bronny, get him, and I... I Kind of think that's what he's going to do. So, you know, if it's Toronto, if it's Milwaukee, if it's Orlando, if it's, you know, any of these teams, you know, uh, whoever gets Bronny going to get LeBron. And I, I think it's kind of dope, you know. Like you said, I don't think we've seen nothing like this since Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. So um, this is going to be a dope accomplishment. And uh, obviously, that's the future. But right now, <laughs> on, another, on another note, the Lakers and slash LeBron still trying to get Kyrie Irving. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, Brian just spoke out about it. Lakers spoke out about it, that they're still trying to get Kyrie Irving. They still want him. Obviously, you know, that's been the, the hot topic discussion button. You know, all this stuff <laughs> leads to my net. So we'll... Always transitioning to my nets through this basketball talking, as you see, talking about LeBron. Leads into talking about Kyrie, with Dustin Lee talking about my nets. And again, I'm not sure if we're going to trade him now. The way everything is just starting to shake out in general, because um, they actually did offer us a trade. They offered us a, a Packers deal that we didn't get the details of because they didn't accept the trade. But obviously, Westbrook was the key piece, and they were willing to offer us uh, the 2027 and the 2029 first round picks. So they're basically giving us what we wanted for Russ. 
and we still uh, rejected the trade, which, again, I would have, too. I keep telling y'all, I don't want Russ unless, you know, our game plan is to finesse Russ into something else or to a third-team trade. But I do kind of think that um, we kind of just uh, – we don't really want to trade these dudes, so we're trying to literally break the bank if we're going to sell one of these dudes. Because just the other day, what yesterday we came out and said we want a win-now player or win-now players in return for whether it's Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. So we definitely – I'm starting to feel like, you know, even though KD – is basically still leaning towards one. Now, we're basically letting them know, like, you don't have a way out. Nobody wants to give us what we want. And, um, you know, so you signed a four-year deal with us. Whatever your riff is, you're going to have to either put that aside, put that aside and, and come hoop or, or don't show up. And, you know, we'll just start taking your money and docking your pay. So we 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 lightweight are in the driver's seat right now because he signed with Kyrie Irving not so much but at the same time I don't think we really care we just kind of do whatever with Kyrie to you know to keep KD cool like if if that's what you want if you want him here we go keep him here and let's do the damn thing if you don't want him here let's get him out of here who would you like what do you want us to see bring in but I know he don't want Russell Westbrook back in like you know what I'm saying he left OKC because of that. They would still be in OKC right now if that wasn't if that was the case. So I, I can't see I really can't see that happening with us. So that's one of those things where I just feel like now we kinda in that position to where they're not gonna be able to really, you know, um really really uh trade K D or Kyrie at this point. You know what I'm saying? Unless somebody blow us away with a Kyrie deal. But I don't think anybody outside the Lakers want Kyrie, so we kind of just like, well, we're going to just stay pat like this because y'all not going to give us what we want for Kyrie or more so y'all don't got what we want for Kyrie because they're trying to give us what we asked for now. But at the same time, bro, that's it's, it's like we're, we're downgrading. So it's, it's kind of pointless to make that trade to get Westbrook and some picks where we're a win right now team. We're, you know, if everybody's healthy, Joe Harris coming back. Like I said, Curry, y'all know all these guys we name. I talk about them every week that we add it. Everybody healthy. We're a championship caliber team. So it's like, bro, we're not finna trade away Kyrie for picks and investments in the future. When we're trying to win now, when those picks, by the time those picks come up, KD will be on the end of his contract and all that. So it'll be like, bro, these won't help us at all. So I I feel like I like I like that we starting to um you know put our foot in the ground on this situation. Again, I'd rather him be traded because I'm tired of the back and forth. I'm not changing my stance because of the back and forth. But I'm just happy that my front office ain't being wishy washy. They gonna either stand on getting him out of here or stand on keeping him. Again, after his comments of saying it's either him or Nash, when you flip and pick Nash, I'm kind of over that. So I'm past that. But. Again, I'm not an owner. I'm speaking out of a heart as a fan. And that's somebody who's been watching this dude run a, not a muck, but just been real sloppy with the way he's moving in the league over the last few years. So it's like, I'm just kind of tired of it. So I'd rather not be around there so we can get the circus off of us and put it wherever he goes. Because now the circus is kind of following Kevin Durant. You know, it was a circus on the way out of, of Golden State. With the injuries and, you know, with all of the, the Draymond debacle, um, you know what I'm saying? And, and the Sandy felt like the, the crowd loved Curry more than him. Yeah, they did. Curry been there. They drafted him. Yeah. 
And I, you know, he's just he's been real sloppy with the way he's been moving since he left Golden State, and it's it's starting to spill over to Brooklyn, and he's just leaving, you know. And I just I just it's just real bad right now for us. I'm really not liking the way it looks. So I'm like I said, I'm hoping we hurry and put all this to the side so we can focus on the real task at hand, which is basketball and getting uh whatever starting five we gonna have for this upcoming season out there on the floor. So that we can um go compete to win games and win a title for real. Like we got too much talent on the roster, and we we added talent and retained talent, and we're gonna get back some talent for this upcoming season. So I really think it needs to be all hands on deck. I think Nash needs to be in the gym now working on game plans and putting together ways to get uh these players the ball in the best situations and figuring out how he's going to put Ben Simmons into the lineup and where will he play? Are we going to play him at playing guard? Is he going to play the four? Is he going to be a three? You know, what is he going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to use him? I think we need to the all these things need to be intact before we even, you know, pick up a basketball and start dribbling around. Like I think he needs to have a game plan in play. Obviously we need to know who's going to be here. So that's, that's the start to figure out is this the team we going to have with Kyrie, KD and Ben or are we about to move one or two of these dudes and have another lineup? And, you know, and that's what we're going to run with. But, you know, whatever we need to do, we need to make it quick because we're going to look up and it's going to be time to play preseason basketball. And all of a sudden, it's going to be time to hoop, Brad. And we're going to still be sitting here trying to figure out, are we keeping KD? So, um, again, this is like a stay tuned thing. Until KD come out and say he want to play for us and he's ready to put all of this behind, it's kind of going to be a topic until, you know, until it's not a topic anymore, and that kind of sucks. So I'm hoping that a lot of good basketball comes to help uh, lighten the mood in Brooklyn or just, you know what I'm saying, over our situation. But the good thing is it will be basketball played. And they already been showing a couple games, and they already, you know, been letting us know what we got. We got some Christmas games. They let us know Lakers, Warriors, opening night. Who better to play than the Lakers and the Warriors, obviously, you know? They're going to get their rings. Brown will be in there to see his boys get their rings. Then they'll get to be able to play each other, put on a show at the Oracle. I'm not the Oracle, but uh, the Chase Center. You know, I'm a town boy, so I still say the Oracle. But put on a put on a performance to open up the NBA season at the Chase Center. I think it's going to be a great game. And then as far as Christmas, again, because nobody knows what our Nets are going to do, I was I was upset our Nets didn't make the Christmas lineup. But again, we don't know who we're going to have. On our team come Christmas time. So we don't want to put no bad product out there on Christmas. So I do respect it. But that sucks because then the Knicks get that. Because a New York team got to be on Christmas. So since because we don't know what we're doing, they're going to put the Knicks on. Because the Knicks going to be sold out if it's at the Garden. Like, you know, they're going to sell it out. It's going to be a beautiful event. It's going to be loud and reckless. Like, so I respect that. And yeah, it's going to be Knicks and Sixers. So that shall be fun. Joel Embiid, James Harden, or new look James Harden, a more focused James Harden, or a refocused James Harden, should I say, with Embiid in the garden. That's going to be Spike Lee on the sideline. That's going to be a doozy. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch on Christmas. They got Lakers maps. You got Braun and Luka, like my Two favorite players in the NBA. Once Brown retired, I think Luka going to be my guy. But I think that's going to be a good one to put on uh, definitely for Christmas. Some some definitely gifts being unwrapped in that game, being delivered by Brown and Luka. Great gifts to their players for sure. A lot of alley-oop lives. That's going to be an exciting game for sure. And then you got 
Bucks Celtics. That is what I think that's probably either this game I'm talking about Bucks Celtics or the next game I'm going to talk about are probably going to be the two best games on Christmas. This is Bucks Celtics game because their playoff series was amazing. And I'm pretty sure Chris Middleton will be back. So now it's going to be Giannis with the whole crew. Uh, Tatum and the crew. And Ishaw, and Giannis going to be like, hey, I got my boy with me now. Like, let's do it again. And it, I, I think it'll be a fun one on Christmas. I think that's going to be a great game. And if that one ain't the best game on Krimba, then it got to be Grizz Warriors. This new rivalry we got picking up with the young, trash-talking, energetic Grizzlies led by John Moran and Jan Jackson uh, up against the defending champs, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the dynasty it is. The Dubs, the Warriors, man, and I think that's gonna be a great game because John Morant, uh, he gets he gets uh he gets excited playing against the Warriors because he knows that that's greatness. Like you know what I'm saying? These are the best players. This is the best team. It it ain't no better team to play against on a better stage on a better day than the Warriors for the Grizzlies. I think that's gonna be a humongous game. I think the ratings gonna be out of, out of the gym. I think Ja Curry. Desmond Bain, I think these boys going to put on a show. Obviously, the Christmas usually is always really good like this. I think that's going to be uh, uh, real exciting for real, for real. I can't wait to see that again. Bucks and Celtics or Grizzly Warriors, I think, are going to be the best games on Christmas for sure. And then to finish the night, they got the Suns and the Nuggets, who always play great games. Uh, Devin Booker, hopefully Murray's back, Porter's back. Yoke has been just running it up by himself. Hopefully, he get his guys back. That'll be beautiful if he can get Murray, Jamal Murray, and, and Michael Porter Jr. back to go with the guys he already got there, uh, just to help him out, man. Because he's been doing it all, and he's been rewarded with the MVP trophy two times. But still, like he'd rather make a deep playoff run for sure. So hopefully, they come back. CP3, Devin Booker, Aiden with the new deal. Uh, that's going to be a big game. I think that'll be a nice game to watch. The big man going to get to battle it out. Aiden on a new deal. Hopefully, he gets to be more featured so you can see those numbers uh, jump up this season for him. Uh, I definitely think that'll be a, a, a definitely a very fun, fun game. Fun game. Definitely. And, um, you know, though, that, that that Christmas slate, Christmas, I like to say, it, that, that one looking real, real good. Real, real good. And I think uh, everybody going to enjoy that. I think they picked some good teams. Um, a few teams, you know, you probably could have added, um, even though, you know, they ain't really got too much. But I think they did this because you don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. But the Pelicans, obviously, Zion, McCollum, B.I., uh, all these cats. Like, I definitely think that they could have been on there. But it's like if Zion hurt and maybe Brandon Ingram hurt, because, you know, these guys definitely got injury history. Then, you know, it was a waste of time having them on Christmas. Uh, I also like the Timberwolves. I think just, just off the... Star power alone with all the players they got between Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, uh, Ant Man, Rudy Gobert now, uh, D'Angelo Russell, aka the Snitch. Like, I think they got some star power, maybe. But again, they gotta, they gotta be, they need to be winning. They gotta prove it. So they'll probably still get some nationally televised games. But again, Kruma is just something next level. So you gotta put the best of the best, and it's the potential that all these teams will be. Uh, playoff teams have winning records. You know, maybe not the Knicks, but again, the Knicks is the Knicks. The Garden always sell out, so you can't you can't beat that. That's gonna always sell tickets, and everybody that's not at the stadium is gonna watch the game on TV. So, 
you got to do it like that for the Knicks. So it's definitely a great Christmas slate. Again, those are a couple of teams I would have liked to see on there. Obviously, there's a few more teams I could have added on there. Y'all know I like me LaMelo Ball, but obviously they ain't that good. But that's just a personal thing for me. LaMelo will go crazy. But I think it's uh, I think we shaping up for some good NBA basketball. I like a couple of the matchups they was already giving out. They started showing a couple of the games for rivalry week where uh, LaMelo and uh, Alonzo get to play. So I think the NBA trying to do some different things just to spice it up, keep the fans entertained. I like what they're doing. Hopefully they, uh, you know, spice back up the All-Star game and get the dunk contest back popping. But um, I definitely like what the NBA got going so far. Again, it's Kevin Durant saga is up and down. We just waiting it out. Again, I'm going to keep y'all updated at all times on the Kevin Durant Madness. So y'all already know, keep, keep, keep your ears to the streets and keep your ears on me. I'm going to definitely keep y'all updated with this Kevin Durant thing. But, again, we're going to put that in the past because it's time to talk about football. But y'all already know. I got to pay some bills first, sip some water, hit a J or two, and I'll be right back after these commercial messages. You feel me? It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast, and I am your boy, D-Wood. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Thank y'all for tuning in again. This is the Bringing the Wood Podcast, and I am your boy, D-Wood. And we are talking about NFL preseason football, ladies and gentlemen. I told y'all we are back and we are moving along from transitioning to week one into week two. Again, we already in the, we, we already had a game in week two and I get into that, but I definitely want to talk about some notable cuts that happened already this week because we had the first week of cut downs where you had to cut at least five players off your roster from 90 man to 85. So we definitely going to notice some notable cuts just from, you know, the main two games from the Titans. We cut Jordan Wilkins, who uh, was a running back. He used to play for the coach, hard-nosed runner. I thought he might make the roster, but again, the way Haskins ran the ball and Julius Chestnut ran the ball in the Ravens game, it shows we got two rookies we might be able to lean on in a backup row with Hilliard because we still got Hilliard as our receiving back. So I think those would be our four backs going into the year. That's why we let Wilkins go. We also let Josh Malone go. Uh, he used to play for the Chargers. Uh, for a few years, uh, Tennessee product went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, we end up cutting him, but I think that's just because of the way the receiving core is, is a deep receiving core, but it's not a lot of talent. But a lot of the guys that already been here just know the system, so it's just easier to keep those dudes. And then a, a undrafted free agent I thought was going to make the team was Haskell Garrett, the D tackle out of Ohio State, undrafted free agent who was really good at Ohio State. He was a captain. Um, he got a great story. He Not a great story because it's sad, but he ended up getting shot. Uh, trying to help somebody out. Being a good Samaritan, ended up being shot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right place, wrong time. You know what I'm saying? He was doing the right thing and was shot. But uh, made a recovery and still made all Big Ten honors and things like that. So I thought he would have made the, made the team. He ended up getting cut. But I think that's because uh, uh, Jaden Peavy, the D-tackle we got from Texas A&M, who we also got as an undrafted free agent, has really been playing well. So, you know, the roster spots are going to be smaller. We actually are deep on the defensive line. So it kind of makes sense. For the Raiders, though, a shocking one was Demarcus Robertson. Uh, the Raiders cut him, and I'll get into why they cut him now just, you know, as preseason, as the Raiders are two preseason games in, I see why they cut him. Even though he's had a decent preseason so far, he hasn't been trash. But I could see why they cut him, which was crazy. But they cut a lot of good dudes. They cut Vernon Butler, another uh, former first-round pick um, of the Panthers. They let him go defensive tackle. They cut Kenny Young, uh, ex-Ram, who was a really good linebacker. They cut him, and they cut uh, 
Uh, Nate Brooks, who, you know, you might have thought was going to make the make a roster spot or something like that, but um, he ended up getting cut too. And I just think uh, it's definitely um, going to be interesting seeing who all makes this roster. And then for the Niners, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, wide receiver, used to be uh, of the Cardinals. No relation to Keyshawn Johnson uh, of, of pass. Totally different names and everything. But um, he was cut. Good receiver, but... As you see, Danny Gray's playing well. Jawan Jennings is just, you know, you got a lot of players stepping up. So, you know, you're going to get cut. Robert Kimdichie was a camp cut. And then Daquez Denaro, who they brought in to try to uh, play that slot. But they cut him. And I'll talk as I continue on. I'll talk I'll talk about why they cut Daquez Denaro. And those were some of the big cuts for uh, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Niners this week as the initial cuts happen. But before... I get into this week's games and, um, you know, the things that went down. I definitely want to just go real quickly and talk about uh, the Raiders games last week and the Niner game last week because I didn't really get to get into it because, the I, you know, I dropped on Friday and their game ended up being on Friday. So I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But I do want to, uh, you know what I'm saying, say a little something, something. And uh, give a shout out to uh, a couple players definitely on each team. Uh, for starters, we can start with the Raiders. So I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, what's his name? Britton Brown, seventh round running back out of UCLA, who toted that rock in their game versus the Vikings last week. He looked really good out there. And um, again, you already know how coming from that Patriot regime, they're going to run the football. They're going to run it, and they're going to run it well. He had 14 carries, 54 yards. He also had a touchdown. He's averaging just a little under four yards a carry, 3.9. But he looked good running the ball. He showed a little burst. Um, he looked good. And even Austin Walters looked good again coming off the bench. Again, I like all the quarterbacks. Mullins played well. Siddham played well. And Chase Garber, who I think is either going to probably get a practice squad roster spot for these guys. Or he might make a roster for somebody else. I think he's been playing well in the preseason as well. So I definitely, uh, I definitely like that. But I really want to just uh, talk uh, talk about uh, Britton Brown. He seventh round pick again. You got Kenyon Drake already on the roster. They drafted Zamir White earlier in the draft. You still got Josh Jacobs, who's fighting for his roster spotlight. And they brought in the vet uh, Brandon Bolton because, like I said, he's going to play special teams. And he's going to, uh, and he knows the system that McDaniel's is bringing over. So like he is there, and we're saying that both rookies are going to make it. So again, that's three running backs that we already are accounting for on the roster. I'm not sure they're going to keep five back. So I think Drake or, ooh, excuse me, or Josh Jacobs is going to, um, you know, get the get the short short end of the stick. And um, you know that's going to suck, but. That's the way the game goes. And, um, you know, shout out to, you know, these dudes for busting their ass and, and, you know what I'm saying, getting them, getting their spots and earning their keep out here in the preseason. But, you know, one of those, it's going to be a talent. One of these talented backs is going to hit the market and somebody going to get a good running back. It's basically what I'm saying. So it may be a, a bad day when y'all cut one of these dudes, but it'll be a good day for another team for sure when they sign one of these dudes. And the other dude I want to talk about is Tyron Johnson. So, uh, undrafted rookie three three years ago. It's his third year in the league. He's going to his third year this year. Uh, undrafted out of Oklahoma State uh, by the by the Chargers. Did a did about a season there, and then last year he was with the Raiders all last year. But he didn't play at all. He played in games, but he didn't record any catches. 
He played a lot of special teams and he returned punts and kicks for the Raiders. But this year, he been killing it in camp. He been killing it in the preseason, even when he's not getting targeted. Like you know, you can like I said, I watched a lot of these the Raiders, Niners, and Titans games. I watch them over, you know, once, twice, three times to be on the safe side, just so I can see a little bit of everybody, so that I can give you breakdowns of things like this. The dude Johnson, Tyron Johnson, he literally is plays where he's getting open, and the quarterback's just not throwing him the ball because. He hasn't either. Either wasn't time in the pocket. He might have got flushed. But like he's becoming an exquisite route runner, and he has a, already has elite deep threat speed. And the Raiders are still looking for another receiver to put across from uh, uh, Devonte Adams because Hunter Winfrey is going to be in the slot. So he is the number two, but he's still going to be in the slot. But you need another receiver to go play that other side when they're out there. And if if he can be a deep threat and help stretch the field vertically. Man, he'll earn his keep and earn earn playing time just like that. But again, I think that's why the Raiders cut Demarcus Robertson is because Tyron Johnson is uh, uh, above and beyond playing uh, above what they expected him to be. And he's trying to be more than just a special teamer this year. And it's showing in two preseason games this year where he's even on some of the plays where the ball was thrown ugly. He's open. Like, he's wide open on some plays. And. It was a ball in the Jaguars game. He ran a deep end, and the ball was the ball was thrown in the ground. He even tried to die for it, but like it was just like this guy is getting open. He's separating at the top of routes. You can't, like I said, these are things that you work at, you develop at because you you know you want to play. This is what gets you on the field. This is what gets you paid. This will get you a roster spot, whether it's here or somewhere else. And I definitely wanted to give give. I got to give him a shout out, man. Undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma State, and. He's looking like the best receiver not named Winfrey or Adams in the Raiders camp right now. So uh, keep your eye out on him this year. He might make some plays this year for the Raiders, or at least in some sub packages as a deep threat. So I definitely uh, I, I liked it that, and um, I think he uh, I think he did his thing, and I think he's um, continuing to get better and with an extra preseason game. So he still got two games left on top of the two he played. He'll only get better with more repetitions, and the Raiders are already saying they're going to give him more reps in the preseason to get better, which does means he's going to play more in the regular season. So shout out to that man. Hard work pays off. Bust your ass out there, whether you round one, pick one, Mr. Irrelevant, or you the last undrafted person to be signed. Bust your butt, and the expectations and possibilities are endless for you, dog. And I just wanted to shout out those dudes because they, they they went crazy. And, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to seeing them in the upcoming week in the game. And uh, also, the Niner game. You know I'm going to talk about the Niners because they did their thing as well in a great game versus the Packers where the biggest stories was basically both quarterbacks and Julian Love, I mean, Jordan Love and, and Trey Lance. And they literally played polar opposites. I'm not even going to get into Julian Love. Jordan Love, three interceptions, He's looking like he's, you know, going to be a bust. But, you know, it's still early to tell. He still hasn't really gotten the fair share of, you know, playing with the ones, getting all the rep. But in small sample size that we've seen from Jordan Love, it's not the business right now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to just kind of go with that. But, again, we're going to talk about Trey Lance. Trey Lance, it was a small sample size, but it was a small sample size, but it had great flavor. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of them samples at Costco's, one of them good ones where you tried and you like, nah, I didn't get a lot of that, but that was good. I'm, I'm going to circle back around again and get another sample of that. And it looked good, bro. It, it looked really good. 
He was efficient with the rock. He didn't. He wasn't real reckless with the ball. He was four for five, 92 yards in the touchdown. He got sacked once, but he was running. He slid on his scrambles. And then obviously he had the big uh, play down the sideline, the 75, 76-yard bomb to Danny Gray, who also we're going to talk about who had a big preseason game in that game and has also been having a big camp. Um, uh, Trey Lance looks good, y'all. And again, it's preseason, so the score don't matter, but the game matters. So whether they win one or lost, you just want to see these guys go out here and be efficient and, and, and look like they've made strides from the last time we've seen them on the field. And Trey Lance looked a lot better in, a, like I said, a small sample size, but yet a sample size, and it looked good. So I think, you know, I don't know if he, he'll probably play one more preseason game. Whether it's this week or next week, he'll probably play one more preseason game, maybe a whole quarter instead of just a series, just to get a little bit more grasp with some more of the boys. And um, we're gonna see again. Um, again, he looks good. We'll see. The talent is there. Again, he's doing this with all role players. No Kittle, no Debo, no Mitchell. Um, you know, on all the starters, no starting offensive line, no Trent Williams. No, Brandon Ayuk, he doing, and he still looked good. And again, it's a small sample size, it's one game. So we're not jumping the gun. But you see the talent, you see it's there, and we already know that Niners are a talented team. So that's just kind of like how the game go. Like he looks like he got it. Again, this can all change when the regular season start. But right now, he looked good. The offense looks good. And again, he was out there with backups, second-year players, and dudes who are going to be cut. And Trey Lance still played a, a damn near flawless game. Like I said, it was only a small sample size, though. Another person I want to talk about, again, the person on the receiving end of that bomb was Danny Gray. He's been cutting it up. And um, I know we like Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's had a good camp, too. But Danny Gray got next-level speed. And he can run by a lot of dudes. He showed the 4-3 at the combine, but you see it. On the field, it's another gear when he gets in front of you. And he's got a quarterback in Lance who can put the ball out there on the wire, on the screen, and drop a dime. And I think they're, they're going to make for a big connection. Again, you only got Ayuk and Debo and Juwan, and Juwan Jennings, but you should, again, you still need rotational. No more uh, Trent Sherfield. They let him walk, so you still need rotational players. And I think uh, this guy is in the perfect position to come in and be they're deep threat receiver. Even though we've seen Debo go deep, we know IU has deep threat ability. But to me, those dudes are run after the catch receivers. Even though Danny Gray, if you go back and watch SMU, most SMU receivers are route runners. So he can run tremendous routes too. But again, he has the deep threat speed to really 4-3 speed run by you. And I think that's going to back a lot of people up. And it's gonna, not going to do nothing more but then to help out Trey Lance and help out the Niner running game when you got those weapons out there lined up like that. And last but not least, I also want to talk about uh, uh, Tyron Davis-Price, the third-round running back out of LSU. He looks good. Uh, he's real physical. Obviously, the yards per carry weren't, weren't high up. 10 carries, 36 yards, so the yards per carry were low. But he showed a physical presence. But it was more so less about Price and more about Trey Sermon. What are, they, what are the Niners? I know they do a running back by committee. So, obviously, Sherman can still find a role in here because they use three to four running backs. But don't forget about Jermichael Hasty. He he's, he oh, he looked good in the preseason. He looked good in his spits when he had, was forced to play when he wasn't ready. Uh, we still got Elijah Mitchell. Like I said, they took Price in the third round. 
So he's got uh he's he's drafted high enough to play now. So I'm definitely thinking like, hey man, what what y'all gonna do? Will Sermon be the third back? Will, you know what I'm saying? Will, will he just be a, a specialist? Will he will he get cut? The jury's still out again because even the, even the Mason kid, who I have no clue who he was, had six carries, thirty yards, average of five yards a carry. Like everybody played well, they all got carries. Everybody got five plus carries, and Sermon was the only one who couldn't average more than two yards, one point eight to be exact. So uh, I'm not saying that Trey Sermon ain't gonna be good, but I'm saying that. The way to run the the way the Niners run the ball with the running back by committee, that they already have two to three good running backs already on the roster. So if you, which you didn't show yourself well last year in your rookie season, and you started off slow this year, your first preseason game, and everybody around you is getting better, you're gonna find yourself down the depth chart. And as you know, uh, and the thing about the Niners, a lot of their running backs get hurt, so I can see him still being on the roster. I can see the Niners keeping five running backs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see them keeping five. So it's not so, like, that won't be a shock. But seeing Trey Sermon be healthy scratches would be crazy. You know what I'm saying? When he was a second or third round pick last year himself, or maybe I'm tripping he could have been a later round, but you don't, you know, he was a productive running back at Ohio State. So you think, like, man, this guy should be able to excel in the. In the Niners offense, and then Elijah Mitchell, who was drafted later than he was, was the starting running back basically for them fools as soon as Monster got hurt. So it's like, we know Coach Shanahan gonna play the players that's gonna help him win games. He ain't really tripping off of where I drafted you at or, or who I signed you and how much I signed you for. The best players are gonna play, and the best players are gonna help us win these games. And I definitely think that's what the Niners gonna do. So Again, uh, these dudes look these dudes look good. These dudes look good, and I um I definitely uh I definitely think uh uh Sermon got to get it get on the get on this game because the Niners got a, a, a stable of running backs like they always do, and somebody gonna be the odd man now. And just early early on the surface, just from camp alone and the one preseason game they've been in, Sermon looks like the odd man now because he ain't been popping in camp and he didn't pop in the first preseason game. But somebody who did pop is uh, Samuel Womack. I think it's the third. He's a rookie. Fifth round pick out of Toledo. And he's one of the many names I had put on the Niners when the position battle started at corner. And he's battling for one of those slots for that slot position. And probably not as a starter, but he could be the first one off the bench. Or if he's good enough, he can be a starter. But him and Daquez Denaro is battling basically for that second position because I, I really truly believe if Tredavious Ward, uh, uh, Jason Verrett, and Emmanuel Mosley all healthy, they'll kick Mosley in the slot. But uh, Womack, Mr. Samuel Womack III, had two interceptions in the Packer game. One on Romeo Dobbs, who's also a good guy on the Packers receiver who could have a nice year this year as a rookie. Um, and they were good interceptions. These weren't like bad throws. These were good good plays on the football. One on an out route where he takes the ball from Romeo Dobbs. And then one on an in route where he basically reads the route for the receiver and jumps in front of Jordan Love and picks him off again. And he looks good. He looks. He got a nice size build. He looks physical at the line of scrimmage. He's not scared to tackle. I like the kid. I think he's going to get to play because, unfortunately, one thing I've known about the Niners Motherfuckers gonna get hurt. 
And that happens. Like, that's one of those things. Like, they get hurt. Players get hurt. Also, Quintrez Knight, uh, first-year corner out of UCLA, also doesn't look half bad. They've been giving him big praise in camp. He's had a lot better games. He has a lot better practices than he had in the preseason game. The preseason game, he was all right. But in practices and, and in, you know, in the inter-squad scrimmages, even against the Vikings, as I'll get into it, as they're getting ready to play, uh, he looked good against them in uh in pre in the uh in the inner squad scrimmages versus the Vikings this week as they prepare to play for the Vikings. But again, those are just some of the players who uh balled out last week who I wanted to give a shout out to who games happened after the podcast as far as Raiders and Niners. So I had to give them their love for sure, for sure. And I think uh those are dudes that you should keep your eye on again. Britton Brown, the seventh round running back for the Raiders, Tyron Johnson, the undrafted rookie, third year player for the Raiders, receiver. And then for the Niners, TDP, uh, Tyron Davis-Price, Danny Gray, and Samuel Womack. Man, that kid, covering is a really good thing. And as a, as, a, as, a, as a former DB, man, just watching somebody play and have good instincts and good hips, good feet, is one of those things that you enjoy watching. And he looks good, so I'm excited to see him in the upcoming week. They, uh, you know, I have a lot better eye on him. You know, I knew... Of him and who he was, obviously, like I said, I had his names on all the pre pre depth chart, talk, pre depth chart position battle talk. But you know, now that they're playing, bam, you know what I'm saying. Now it's I, I got a little bit more eye on them. But obviously, they still got Emory Thomas and Demore, uh, uh, Demandre Lattimore and all these position guys too. So it shall be fun. And um, obviously, uh, Jimmy G. Is healthy throwing again, but he's not at the practices. He's basically throwing off to the side on his own, doing his own thing, uh, which is fine. Uh, if you watch the Seahawks Bears game, they had the signs up talking about, uh, you know, we need Jimmy G fast. I think he'd be a good fit there. A lot of people think Seahawks are trash, but I'm like, man, yeah, they're trash backups, but like the starters aren't bad. Like they won four games last year, but that's no Jamal Adams, that's Russell Wilson missing six games. Or what, five or six games with a broken hand? Like, you know, like, yeah. But you put a good quarterback with, with DK and Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker III, um, all these, uh, Will Disley and all this immense talent, the run game. I think they can be, obviously, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs still, but I think Jimmy G makes them competitive and he has a better chance to show himself. Then the new hot topic is going to the Browns for basically 11 games, you know what I'm saying? And being like just a relief guy for 11 games, showing yourself on a better roster. But I feel like you won't get the same the same results. I think it's going to be a lot harder for him to do. You have to get in there. You got to learn a new system. You got to, uh, you know, you got to do all of these things to implement, uh, get yourself right with all these new starters, which he doesn't do the same thing going to Seattle, but it's a division opponent. It's the same coach. It's a little bit more familiar, you know, with, with him. So, and it'll be the same type of system, that heavy run, bootleg, roll pass type of scheme that he played in San Francisco. Um, I just think that I think that the Browns should go with Jacoby Brissett. Again, I'm not going to get too deep into the Deshaun Watson thing. Um, I spoke my piece on it last week. I told you. I thought he deserved more games. He got more games. I felt between 8 to 12 games. He got 11. Fine with me. He deserved 11. 8 to 12. Fined him $5 million. The biggest fine in NFL history. Obviously, he just got all this money from the Browns. So $5 million is like a rock in the pond to a man who about to make $230 million over the next, you know, four years. 
So whatever. But again, the NFL is doing what the NFL does is, and that's trying to get this stuff done as quickly and as painless as possible to get back to what the NFL is, and that's football. And unfortunately, in a bad way, that's their bottom line. They're here to play football. The NFL is here to promote football. They're not here to promote trials and all that stuff, and I think that's why they settled. And again, some people for it, some people were against it. I'm bending and I ain't in it. You know, again, like I told you, I think if, if again, I didn't get too deep into it. I just read what they said. It, like I said, he missed all of last year. He missed out on millions of dollars last year. He going to miss out on a million dollars this year. Or he most of that million dollars because he's going to miss 11 games. So, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we'll see. And he still got to go to the counseling classes. And the kicker was. The NFL doesn't have to, after it to, I guess somehow like they don't. He has to take those counseling classes until he, you know, uh, realizes what he did was wrong, or you know, basically don't put yourself in dumbass positions. Until you, yeah, you're gonna take these counseling classes until you realize you put yourself in a stupid position, and now look at you, like you know what I'm saying, and until he can realize what he did wrong. And I think that's deservedly right. And I think, you know, like, you know, I think he needs to understand that what he did was wrong. And again, the NFL doing what they do, you know, they they don't keep it light because to really punish this. This is my personal opinion to me to, to punish Deshaun Watson to the maximum extent that they wanted to. They had to punish themselves or punish the Texans. And I don't think they want to do that again. That's just my theory, my ideology, Scientology. Because, again, you, you don't let a man get away with all that stuff without somebody knowing. There's no way. And I think the Texans knew. And I think that they were covering it up until he didn't want to be a Texan no more. And then you bring it all out. Which is why the NFL can't do nothing. Because the NFL know everything these owners do. But, again, to bring down Deshaun Watson is to bring down the Texans, which is to bring down the NFL. And that's, to me, the problem with the NFL. So everybody up in this muckery is like, come on, bro. Have y'all not been watching the league? Do y'all not pay attention? Are we not seeing what's going on in Washington with the commanders right now? That owner, that owner, you hear all the stuff that owner say, and everything they say, they make it as a joke. But John Gruden got fired, though, as soon as this text message came out. Because that boys club up top don't want to affect up there. So if they can keep it at the ground level and not let it get up top, they're going to do whatever it takes to keep it from getting to the owners and the commissioner and these big wigs who really run the NFL. That's why that's why the commanders can get away with they get away with. That's why that owner ain't been fired yet, because every woman that ever worked for that organization then came out and said that somebody in that organization that did something wrong. And this has been since the beginning of time. Going back to they to their team name, like, you know. And like I said, it's it's one of those things where because he's so high up, the in like the NFL knows what these owners do. They keep tabs on it. That's how they can control everything. And that's why if something goes wrong, they can keep you feel me. They can keep it like this and keep it fixed to where to them, to them everything was handled perfectly fine. This is how it's supposed to go. But to everybody else, whether you're in, in whether you're in agreement or in disagreement. You feel like the NFL did it wrong. They're wrong, whether you agree or disagree with Deshaun Watson's situation. 
But the only people who think they did the scenario right is the NFL. And that's because, guess what? They can get back to football. They didn't want this Deshaun Watson stuff going on while NFL games were playing. While Tom Brady could potentially be playing in his last year. While Aaron Donald is trying to defend the ring and become his defensive player of the year again. While TJ Watt trying to break the sack record. While Kenny Pickett is trying to battle for the starting quarterback. While all these other things going all of this would have been smothered by the Deshaun Watson. And we all know that. It was the same thing with Colin Kaepernick. Like, nothing's changing, bro. When things get too big for the league, they're going to smother it. Because they don't want it to affect the NFL and affect the big wigs. So you smother it and you put football back in our face because that's what the NFL is. They're football. All that other stuff, all that off-the-field drama, all that, that is not them. They only care about what is on the field. So if they can mask or, like I said, smother or, or hide to an even more uh, uh, egregious thing, hide the things that they do to avoid any bigger or, or you know, extreme consequences, they're going to do that. But again, people only pay attention to what they want to pay attention to. And that's... That's my look. I guess that was a little bit longer than a little, but that's my small take on Deshaun and Watson. I got to get into what I really want to talk about. And that's this week's games um, for our for our squad. I know who our squad is. <laughs> and uh, the games that come on today because uh, Raiders, Titans, and Niners, we all play tomorrow. So on, on Saturday. So that's a good thing. We'll all be tuned in, sitting down on our couches, enjoying the weekend. But before I get into those games, we got games today that come on. Three games. And I'm going to talk about those games. Not even talk about them. Just talk about the teams and a few players to look out for. First game is Panthers and Patriots. And um, obviously, we got the QB battle between. Or more of like the Baker Mayfield uh, tryout. You know, it's more of like if you just play well these three preseason games, you'll be the starting quarterback. So, you know, and Sam Darnold, you'll be our backup unless we cut you. So, you know, that quarterback battle. And then I also want to see Khalif Barnes. Uh, the corner they got, they took them, I forgot what round they took them in. I want to say like maybe sixth round, seventh round. Uh, he ran the fastest 40 time out of all the corners in the combine. He wears number 35, uh, rookie. I kind of just want to see him out there because I know they're not going to really play JC or CJ uh, Henderson or, 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 or uh, Jackson. So I kind of want to see the youngster get out there, see his feet. Obviously, nobody's going to run by him, but I want to see if he can tackle. What does he look like playing man? What does his feet look like? Does he got good hips? Can he cover in, out, out routes, double moves, things like that. So I'll get a closer look at him today in that game. And then on the other end, Khalif Barnes might get to guard his teammate and the receiver who ran the fastest 40 times, Tyquan Thornton, also out of Baylor, just like Barnes. Uh, then the Patriots second round pick who had a decent uh opening game, two catches, and he had a touchdown uh in the Patriots opening game versus Giants. So I definitely uh want to see what he do. And Mac Jones is gonna play, so I want to see what him and Mac Jones report are gonna look like. And also I want to see if they get the fifth round running back Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State uh involved into the passing game. You know, James White just retired, he's kind of like that build. He's about five eight, five nine, probably like two hundred pounds. Great receiver out the backfield. Led uh, uh, South Dakota in all-purpose yards three years in a row down there. So I definitely want to see him get down too. So Panthers, Patriots, those are a couple guys you could look out for in that game today. And uh, these games are all the first game tips kickoff at four. And again, Mac Jones will play. So you also want to see who's calling the plays. Will they split play calling duties like they did in week one, even though it was no Mac Jones? Or will one of these coaches which is, uh, 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 what's them fool's names? Joe Judge or, oh, what's the Lions old coach name? 
big guy with the beard. Can't think of his name right now. But if one of those dudes uh, are going to full-time call the plays for Mac Jones or will they uh, split split time like they did last week, we'll find out. Again, uh, it's going to be interesting. Again, uh, Panthers-Patriots. Uh, Panthers-Patriots, a few things to look out for. Next game, Saints-Packers. Obviously, for the Saints, Chris Olave, he only had one catch in the first game. You want to see if they can get him more involved in the offense, maybe a couple screens, maybe try to take a shot deep with him, just to, just to open him up to see what he do. And then their other first-round pick, Trevor Penning, I just want to watch him because he got kicked out of practice twice for being too physical and getting into a fight. And then I heard he got into a little scruffle um, in the camp, in the camp, they had, in camps. And uh, he's, he was physical in the senior bowl. He got into it in the senior bowl. So I just want to watch him in the NFL game and just see his physicalness, his uh, tenacity, his aggressiveness. Again, Trevor Penning, a left tackle uh, that the Saints took in the first round out of Northern Iowa. And then on the Packers end, again, I just want to see both receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs out of the fourth round, Christian Watson in the second. He just cut off the PUP list. He practiced all week this week. Hopefully he gets out there, see him and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, just catch the ball. Be consistent. You heard Aaron Rodgers come out and talk about uh, the receivers. So hopefully they just can be consistent. Put together consistent days in a row. And then uh, Texans-Rams will be the final game of today. And for the Texans, Damian Pierce, fourth-round running back out of Florida, who had a good week last week. They're talking about he's going to end up being a starting running back for the Texans as a rookie, which can be big for them. So uh, shout-out to him. Keep a lookout for him. And the Rams, they ain't really got too many first-round picks. But I want to talk about uh, Bryce Perkins, second-year quarterback out of Virginia. He looked really good last week. He had about a little, maybe a little under 100 passing, but he was real efficient. And he had another 40 yards rushing through a touchdown. I think he ran one in, too. He looked really good out there. And I also want to see Tutu Atwell, uh, last year's uh, second-round pick uh, out of Louisville, the speedster uh, receiver route runner uh, extraordinaire. So um, those are the, the games that come on today and some of the players that you can uh, look out for in today's game as you're watching. Some of these dudes will play early, some will play late. But, you know, keep your eye out and keep your ear out name out. And um, just, you know, watch those dudes grow. But as far as our games, uh, we got Niners-Vikings, which should be good. And um, I actually... I'm actually going to be watching. Uh, uh, I'm obviously, if they play, if they play Trey Lance, you want to see Trey Lance put together uh, two back-to-back good preseason games. But I think he'll take this one off, and maybe they'll play the third, or he'll play this one and sit out the third again. He'll probably play one more preseason game just to get a little bit more into the groove. So I'll be paying attention to that. But also, I told y'all one is I'm interested in this running back, this running back uh, uh, committee now. Trey Sermon, I need to see you in this preseason game. And then, again, I want to see the DBs. I want to see the DBs get down. Again, Samuel Womack did his thing. I want to see the young dude, Quintez Knight, get in there some more. Obviously, they cut Denard, so that's going to be more reps for more players. We're going to get to see uh, Tariq uh, Castro-Fields, another rookie youngster they got out of Penn State. We're going to get to see a lot of these younger dudes get out here and get to play more because, again, all the vets are basically out with injury or not playing. And they just let go of basically like one of the only vets other than Deontay Johnson who's also not playing. And this is the bunch of young dudes. So we're going to get to see them scrap. And I, I'm, like I said, Samuel Womack caught my eye. I'm going to definitely be tuned in watching you play in that slot. And uh, Quintez Knight also out there on the outside. Two first-year corners that the uh, Niners got looking well so far. So I'm definitely going to tune into them. And on the Vikings end, because I told y'all, I don't know if y'all remember breaking down the Vikings Ty Chandler, fifth round back out of North Carolina. He was averaging 10 yards a carry in that Raider game last week. Again, I ain't really talking about him because it was talking about the Raiders. 
But this is a pair y'all can watch out for in the game. Uh, Niners Vikings, Ty Chandler, running back, fifth round out of North Carolina. I think he's going to take uh, Addison's job as the backup running back to Dalvin Cook. And if Dalvin Cook get hurt, then you can see those dudes splitting carries a lot. Then Addison just getting a heavy workload. I, I definitely think so. And then uh, as far as the Raiders, they got the Dolphins this week. And for the Raiders... Um, again, wide receiver battle. I, I want to see Tyron. I want to see Tyron Johnson more. I want to see a lot of these other receivers step up to see who's going to be the opposite cross from Devontae Adams in the offense. It's a lot of dudes available. It's a lot. I'm not a lot of dudes available, but they got a lot of dudes on the roster trying to step that game up. This shall be fun to watch. Again, I think I'm rooting for the Johnson kid. I think I'm a fan just because of the story, the hard work, and I'm I'm in, I'm in believer of hard work pays off, and they doing their thing. So. They gonna get a little, get that little airtime from your boy for real, for real. And I also be gonna pay attention to the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, uh, they basically been starting like a new unit. They started a new unit both games, but they rotate play. They rotating players like crazy, just trying to find the right unit. But I really just want to watch, just want to see if the Raiders continue to dominate the line of scrimmage. They've dominated the line of scrimmage in both preseason games so far. Obviously, again, it's preseason. But you still want to see cohesiveness. You want to see everybody stepping at the same time, moving people off the line of scrimmage. And every running back that's getting back there is getting yards. So, again, that's the thing. And then you already know, uh, DBs, we got to see. No takeaways, no interceptions yet in the preseason in two games, Raiders. We need some interceptions. We need a takeaway. Somebody need a takeaway. We need to see it. Darius Darius Phillips. uh, You know what I'm saying? Somebody hops. Jonathan Abrams, somebody need to take the ball away. Uh, we need to take away from there. We need to see that. Uh, and the Dolphins, they got a fourth-round wide receiver, Eric uh, Izakuma out of Texas Tech. Obviously, you know, they got the big, they got their new big three with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Cedric Wilson. But you're still going to need some rotational players. You need that extra receiver who can come in and get those guys to spell when Tyreek or Jalen go to running back and they're going in these crazy formations where they're in the Wildcat and these dudes at quarterback. So the kid, he's a rookie. He's young. He's quick. He's got good routes. Um, I think he's going to make the roster, obviously. He's got some middle four for any fight. He's going to make one. But um, he's getting a lot of reps because Wilder Warwick playing in the preseason. So he's getting a lot of reps in the preseason. And um, he's making the, mess, the making the most of his opportunity. And uh, as far as the Bucks and Titans, first I'm going to get into, we got into a fight at the end of uh, Bucks-Titans scrimmage. Obviously, I, I don't I don't mind a fight. Uh, but Leonard Fournette punched Jeffrey Simmons, which is funny, though. <laughs> Leonard Fournette ain't no sucker. He's a tough guy. But Jeffrey Simmons is basically our defensive anchor, our D-tackle, leader of our defense. Basically, him and Kevin Bayard like, lead the defense. And um, a fight broke out, scruffle. But um, before all of that, I want to talk about our secondary. Because I told y'all, Caleb Farley, he looked rough the first day of Bucks practice. He looked real rough in camp. I want to say he got two penalties on him. Probably gave up about four passes. And this is no Mike Evans or no Chris Godwin. So, again, and this is our first-round draft pick of last year. But uh, yesterday, Thursday... He had an amazing practice. I don't think he gave up a pass, for real. Um, about three breakups, he dropped some interceptions, what I didn't like. And he even covered Julio Jones pretty well, which is what I like. Again, he has a hard time playing off coverage. But when he plays man press, 
because he's very long and fast, it's hard to run by him. So he can sit on a lot of routes and play underneath. And um, it, 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 he looks good in man press. Christian Fulton um, is uh, looking like a, a beast. He's looking like he might have a Pro Bowl year for us this year as our number one corner. And then the rookie, Roger McCrary, second-round pick out of Auburn. This man is – he didn't play in the preseason game, and I still ain't figured out why. But he's practicing against the Buccaneers, and he's shutting fools down. He went – he didn't go three times in a row, but he had three knockdowns, three pass breakups, three reps in a row. And uh, one was against Julio Jones. Obviously, this ain't the same Julio, but you're still getting reps against Julio Jones. It's a confidence booster. And with Elijah Molden being out, who was our starting rookie, who was our starting slot corner as a rookie, this is just more minutes, uh, more minutes for the rook now. And again, either Caleb Farley or Elijah Molden gonna lose their spot to this rookie if anything happens to these dudes when the year starts. I think when the year starts, they'll get the nod and they'll let us walk out with. Molding in the slot and, and Christian Fulton and, and Caleb Farley, and that'll be our corners. But if one of them dudes have a hiccup or too many hiccups in a row, they're going to stick that rookie in and they're going to let him do his thing. And he looks real good. And uh, he's, I definitely just want to see our secondary play. Just corner-wise, our safeties is cool. I just want to see our corners play, um, continue to work on playing better in off coverage. You've got to be all around corner in the NFL. You're not going to be able to play man all the time because they'll scheme you out of that. And you're going to play against receivers that you literally can't play press against all the time because they're that good. So it's just one of those aspects of the game that they both got to work on. So, But, again, they looked real good in camp. And our receivers looked good in camp. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing our receivers make plays. Again, Kyle Phillips, the slot receiver who I am big on this year. We took him in the fifth round, sixth round out of UCLA. I am big on Kyle Phillips. But, again, him, Traylon Burks. They won't get a ch- they won't get a chance if the next position quarterback don't get on the ball. Malik Willis had a great game for us last week, but again, it was a lot of he threw a deep ball to Ray C. McMath. He threw the deep out to uh, 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 McKinstry, the slot receiver. But we just wanted, and then he threw a lot of checkdowns. We threw two two screens, and then he threw another two passes out the backfield to the to the uh, running back to Haskins. Haskins had about three catches, so. Even though it was all efficient and it was in a good cause, it was in two great series, he led, led to a touchdown and a field goal. We just want to see him throw the ball to these receivers who we still got to see if they're good. So our receivers and quarterback, I kind of want to watch them together. They go hand in foot. So I'll be tuned in to them on Saturday. And um, for the Bucks, Rashad White, the running back. Um, I talked about him on the Bucks breakdown out of Arizona State. He was a junior college transfer, did two years there. He's an all-around running back, kind of like Giovanni Bernard, but he's bigger than that. He's about six feet. He's a thicker, thicker-built kid. Um, he last week for the Bucks in the preseason game, I think he had almost a hundred all-purpose yards. I think he had about forty in returns, another thirty rushing, and he had another like fifteen or twenty in receiving. He does it all. Uh, great receiving back. Again, you know, Brady like best that catch the ball out the backfield. Obviously, Leonard Fournette. And Giovanni Bernard are decent receiving running backs, but the kid White is like on the on the Giovanni Bernard level with the routes off the backfield. So I definitely will be watching him too on the opposite end to see how our linebackers and safeties cover him um, out the backfield when he comes out the backfield and how we handle that. And um, we got a big week of games this week. Obviously, we got more games that's going to be um, on Sunday and on Monday. But again, these are just the games that I'm breaking down right now. I'll break down... The games on Sunday and Monday. 
on Friday and be able to talk about the games that's coming this week. Obviously, as the podcast picks up and season takes on, I'll probably start shooting the podcast. I'll probably start dropping podcasts maybe two to three times a week. So that way I don't got to cram everything in. I can spread it out and just give y'all uh, more takes and uh, you feel me and break everything down a little bit more, get more in depth into deeper things. You know what I'm saying? Answer questions out here. Again, I'm working on getting my uh, visual YouTube going so that you feel me, y'all can see me and we can do live things and things like that. Bring people on, bring on other podcasters. Um, I got friends who are starting their own podcasts. I got friends who already got podcasts. So, you know, we can all, you know what I'm saying, share our information, link up, talk sports, and um, talk about whatever your podcast is about to bring it on to my platform so you can get you some followers and we can, you know what I'm saying, make this world a better place. You know what I'm talking about? And um, again, if you um ever got any questions, you ever want to have your voice heard on the podcast, send me a voicemail through the Anchor app. You can send me a voicemail. I'll put your, I'll put your record, I mean, I'll put your recording on the show, answer your question right here on the show. Um, again, you can hit me up. I'm, I'm getting all my social media platforms uh, up and together so I can have more platforms for y'all to reach me on and I can promote myself better. So I'm working on that. I'm not computer uh, savvy. So I'm working on that. I'm working on that. So I need people in my corner that understand that. Hey, and if any of y'all do music, I just want a little intro music when I come in or maybe even on the way out. Also, I'm just looking for some intro music. Obviously, something a little upbeat, maybe something that'll motive- make it feel a little motivational. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, sports-wise, I don't really know. To all my musician people out there, I'm definitely looking for an intro to my podcast, though. But again, thanks for y'all time this week. Y'all know I enjoy y'all time. I enjoy doing this. This is really, like, one of the better things I got going in my life right now, y'all. I truly enjoy this podcast. Again, I'm thankful to everybody who stayed on me during the pandemic and saying, hey, you need to bring the podcast back, bro. You really, We really need you to bring this back. We enjoy this. Y'all don't understand. I truly, truly thank y'all for staying on me because I didn't realize how much I needed this. So again, thank y'all so much. I'll see y'all next week, next Friday, same time, same place to do the same damn thing. Y'all know what it is. It's your boy D Wood. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. And y'all know I just brought that wood. Happy Friday, everybody. Let's have a good one. We out.